You're listening to Sex in Iceland with me, your host, Sigurdur, an Icelandic sexologist. Now I'm on my way to do a sewing club. What does it mean to do a sewing club, you may ask? Well, let me tell you. A sewing club in Icelandic, Sjömaklubur, is actually not a club where sewing takes place. Mm-hmm. Groundbreaking, I know. It's not even a knitting club, although some knitting may happen, you know, but it's not a requirement of the sewing club. It's basically just... I, it probably started as an excuse or something for women to get together in the evening, dish about some naughtiness in their life or other people's lives, and then eat. That's what I'm guessing. That's that's probably how it came about. Um, but it, it evolved into people not knowing how to sew, or uh, yeah, probably not knowing how or not being bothered by it. So they just gave up the sewing and started eating and gossiping and chatting. And it's like a sacred place where birth stories are told in in minuscule details and affairs are being shocked over, you know, they're talking about and gossiping and guess who's getting divorced and guess what's happening with this and this and those and that people and so on and so forth. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not a place. It's just like a ladies' club. And they usually... So usually if you're in a sewing club, you've been in one for many, many, many years because they've usually known each other since they were in school together. And it's kind of a middle-aged thing, I'd say. And the, it rotates who hosts the club. So it rotates between the ladies. And it can be, I think, anywhere between like seven or 14 ladies. I don't think there's a set rule for it. But usually they're like, I'd say, like a f- six to ten, somewhere between that range. And there's food, there's candy, sometimes there's wine. Like now, it's a Saturday night, that's not a usual night for a Seymour Klubber. Um, and I think this is a special occasion actually for this Seymour Klubber. I think they're celebrating something, or they might be having, um, what's it called, Oversferth? Um, you know, kind of like a surprise trip where one or two people from the Seymour Klubber do the whole organizing. I, I just, it's like I can't speak English right now. It's like I've forgotten all my words. Well, that can happen to you. It's probably because my mind is jammed with peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, peep, 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 peanut butter. So I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race and I was really happy with the results. I love, I love, 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 love RuPaul. I love the show and I love this episode of All Stars 4. But also, um, I've been because, and you know, if you have Netflix, you know, they always suggest what you should be watching. And it was like, because you've been watching RuPaul, you might enjoy. And there was something was Big Frida. And I was like, what is that? Okay. So I turn it on and it was probably like 10 p.m. last Friday, I think a week ago or something. And my kids had fallen asleep. We'd watched a movie. They fell asleep in the, on the couch. And I was by myself. Everybody asleep except for, for me. And I was like, okay, I'll check this new episode. Because I'm always looking for new things to binge. And there this was. This goodness and godness and goodness godness diva that just ascended upon me called Frida. 
So if you haven't seen it, it's this show that happens in New Orleans in the United States about um, a bounce artist. So bounce is this particular type of music. I don't even know what you would categorize it because it's, it is its own category called bounce. And it is really, um, you know, you've heard about twerking. So I guess this is the original twerking music. And it's really, according to the show, ingrained in um, New Orleans culture. So I've never been to New Orleans. Uh, I don't know that much about it. But I watched the show and just like the beginning of the show and they had me. So the beginning of the show goes like, Big Frida, like was the, the diva, you best a believer, you already know. And it goes into this huge big singing and I just, oh my God. So it's this guy called Frida who is this bounce artist and wants to make it really big. So he's really big in, um, and he's queer as well. So he's really big in New Orleans, but he wants to make it like big and he has this very cool hair and he styles his hair and he has nice makeup and he has like colorful oh my god it's so icy out I have to be super careful so slow my uh, car is getting mind you I'm always using hands-free uh, things when I am recording and driving so don't worry about that anyways so Big Frida wants to make it outside of New Orleans and wants to become an international star and wants to get bounce music to the public and to just like everyday folk who are not from New Orleans. And at first, I have to say, I have to admit, it did take some getting used to. Like I was like, whoa, that's, 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 that's a lot. That's a lot coming at you music-wise. And I was like, okay. So I'd listen to this music probably at the club or it's probably really, really good exercise music. Yeah, if you were exercising, I bet this would work really, really well. And I've been, I mean, I can't obviously sing these songs, but they have been on my mind. So I've been doing these various things during the week, just like mundane things. Like I was just um, peeling an apple and cutting it. And I was like, shaka, 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 shaka. But I can't, I, you know, and it probably, he doesn't even say shaka, he says chaka or something. And I was like, duffy, 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 duffy. But I can't not move my hips and move my ass the way he does. It's like a particular art form. But I was so inspired by his story and um, how he's just like trying to be genuine but wants to break out of his like little city. It's, it's not little, not by any means, you know, it's like four or five times the population of Iceland. But still, it was like it was really interesting hearing hearing him going through all these decisions that he had to make and thinking about what comes next and how do I prioritize and and I I don't know I just I felt like um if if I like I was asking myself the same kind of questions which was which was really interesting and uh, and I think the same for RuPaul so I watched Drag Race like religiously. And I think there, when they're saying, you know, be true to yourself and do not compare to what other people are doing, just stay true to you and do you. And I think that's a really good message for everybody to take. So, and I, and I, I notice myself falling into this trap all the time. So I'm thinking like, okay, what is this person doing? And on Instagram especially. And I'm like, oh, I should be doing that. Or, oh, they're so clever for doing that. I should do something similar. But instead, I'm just trying to stay focused do me and do me the best I can do me. So, you know, the whole best version of yourself kind of thingy. And I just want to stay true to me and what feels right to me, even though it might seem 
insanely weird to other people I'm still like okay I want it to be me and I want it to come from my heart and I want it to make sense to me if it doesn't make sense to me it's not going to make sense to anybody else and not everybody's going to get it and that's okay so on that note you know inspired by Big Frida and RuPaul I um, I put on Instagram my semen photos, my sperm photos. Well, s- semen is more accurate because semen contains sperm, um, or you know, it's collo- I think colloquially is that what is that what you say? Well, anyway, I know that in the in the um, at least in America they are, they often say jizz, or you might say cum, c u m, or. Yeah, I think it's jizz or cum or semen or I don't I don't I don't know any more words for it. There there probably are loads. Yeah, shoot a load. That's one. But um, yeah, I, I, cracking a nut. I've heard as well. Well, anyways, those are the ones that I was using. And um, so I have a lot of and, and I'm going to go to the same club now. So this is all tying back in, in with it. Sorry for going on on a tangent there. Um, so. I'm going to the same Klubber, and I know this topic will most definitely come up because um, I'm probably going to Seymour Klubber where the ladies are, I'm guessing they're like 40-something. Some might be in their 50s. So if they're in their 50s, we might be talking a little bit about menopause and a little bit about the changes that happen after you've, you know, you're no, no longer viable to have children, if that's what you've been doing, and your children might be of that age where you are getting more freedom and you're not, you know, so stressing over the little babies. Um, but also, if they're in their 40s, they may still be having children. So we'll need to discuss that. So, and we'll also need to discuss, and, and there probably some some women will have been this been divorced or are thinking about divorcing or have a new partner that's usually around that age as well um, and so if usually when I have a younger crowd when are the hens parties this topic comes comes up sometimes but it usually comes up in Tema Club mostly because you know some some of the women have partners that have done it or haven't done it or have thought about doing it so back to the semen so sterilization I hear a lot about women who are talking about, you know what, I'm so done with taking birth control. Like, no more hormones in my body, please. I am done with the pill or the um, the ring or the IUD or whatever it may be. They're like, I'm done, done, done. I do not want any more hormonal birth control for me or my body. And that leaves you, if you have a partner that has a penis that is loaded with sperm, well, it's not always loaded, you know, because sperm obviously is made in the testicles, which then pump it up through the penis often um, and ejaculates out often with orgasm, not necessarily with orgasm, can happen with or without one, but you know what I mean. So they now kind of, and especially if they are still, you know, fertile, they're now kind of having this question of like, okay, so what are we going to do? Are we going to condom it? Which doesn't seem to work for that many couples. It works for a lot of couples, but a lot of couples also find it off-putting or find it challenging or find it mood killing or something like that. Feel like they're past that stage. Some people feel like um, it, it feels like they're going backwards in Well, some people feel it's a trust issue, but other people especially sometimes vagina holders feel it's like uh, and I'm saying vagina because I'm talking about penis in vagina um, feel it's actually 
don't actually like the feel of rubber. Um, some, but some actually quite enjoy it, especially because then they don't have to clean up after him or you know wait for the for the semen to drip out of them, which can be in- extremely annoying, especially if you're gonna try to go to bed straight after. That's usually that that usually that point when we talk about that, how it drips out of the the vagina and how annoying that can be, and it's smearing all over your butt and your vulva. That usually gets women screaming. They find it so hilarious. They're like, oh my God, it's just like that. That's so funny. And it's dripping out of you. And it's like an hour has passed and it's still those little suckers are just taking their time. But I've said this to like a guy group and they do not find it funny at all. It's like the sound of silence. Like nobody laughs, nobody smiles. They just, they're kind of like mortified. And I'm like, what, what did you think, guys? Did you really think that we were just like a vacuum? We just stored all your cum and it just decayed inside of us? Or like, what did you think happened to it? And they're like, we just, we just, uh, we didn't think of it. We just thought, you know, absorbed it. I'm like, we're not semen absorbers. Although, you know, we might allow a sperm or two to find our egg, but that's about it. But so I thought, I thought that was very interesting, especially maybe because it also it's been in the news that this guy was injected, injecting his sperm into his lower back to help with some pain. I'm like, where did you read that that would help you with your back pain? Like, wouldn't everybody be using that? Wouldn't everybody be like, please, please, please sell me a load of your jizz, just one jar, please. My back is really aching. And wouldn't you all be just coming over our backs and we're like, oh, it feels so much better that ooh ah sensation but no 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 we are not asking you to do that because actually sperm does not have this effect so I'm like where where did this come from why did this guy believe this oh, it's like a rhino worm or something it's so weird anyways back to the back to the story that we were working on back to the matter of fact sterilization so I hear from a lot of women they're like asking their their guy to like do it they're like okay Here's the here's the 411. You I don't want to see your I don't want to be on the receiving end of your sperm who really want to find my egg. It's causing me a lot of headache and trauma and drama. And by by headache I don't mean the two and a half men kind of ha 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 you don't want sex tonight. I think it can actually be a huge turn off if you're worried about getting pregnant and your partner shows up with a loaded cock and it's like bam, you know. It only takes this one time to a baby make you know so you don't want to take those chances so you're really stressed and really nervous if you're like oh okay especially if he's nagging on you being like please 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 let me go inside of you just a little bit I promise I'll pull out the pull out method ladies actually is not that practical practical for most people you have to be super um what is it called you have to be super I don't know what it's called forgot the word I don't have any words at the moment I don't know why it's strange well anyways you have to be super careful at least and there's always the pre-cum so there's and people are just differently fertile so I would I just I wouldn't take that chance unless you were doing the whole measuring your cycle you were super regular you knew your body temperature you know the basal body temperature you were doing all that and checking your mucus and the whole shebang then maybe okay you know but Unless you're doing all that, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rely on the pullout. Not if you want to. If you don't want to get pregnant, like in my case, like if I get, if I, if I were to become pregnant, I would have to go and um, 
get a get an abortion. It's not. I, I think they use some other word for it because I mean, but it is an abortion. It's like the same thing, because um, it's risking my life to carry a child. So that and that's like my doctor's recommendation. They're like, you cannot have more children because you almost died having the third one, and you might die having another one. So we're like, please do not have another child because you're not going to be able to deliver it into this world. So I've had two C-sections, and they don't want to risk the third one because that might be the one that kills me. And because I've had two C-sections, I'm not allowed to try to give birth vaginally. So it's like a double whammy. It's like a catch-22. So I cannot, under any circumstances, get pregnant. And we know, like, the condom, that's not 100%. The pullout is not 100%. So nothing is 100% if you want to have an intercourse with a penis. Except, da-da-da-da, lo and behold, sterilization. And there's this huge stigma about it, I guess, and misconceptions that it somehow is connected with your manhood, if you're a man, that you're like a lesser man or that you'll be shooting blanks, which is like a very rude thing to say to a sperm-loading man to be shooting blanks. That's often a huge sensitive spot with guys who are dealing with infertility. Um, so, so I'm like, what? What? They're like, what will what will it look at, look like? Will it be all clear or will it be different? Will it be less than? Like, how will I react when I when I, when I come? Like, will nothing shoot out of it? Will it just be all dry? And how will that feel like? So. I've, and I'm discussing this at like kids' birthday parties because this is coming up all the time now because I have all these ladies around me who are like, I want him to cut it. I want him to cut it, cut it, cut it. You know, not himself. Go to a doctor. Don't try to do it yourself. It's not a DIY or DIY. D do it. DIY. So anyway. So we're discussing this all the time. And the guys are saying this. Will this cause impotence? Like, won't I get a hard-on? Will, will I lose my, um, my sexual appetite? What, like, how will this affect me? And seriously, guys, you need to chill the fuck out. Because this will not affect the hardness of your boner. It will not affect the length or girth of your penis. It will actually not affect your cum at all, except it will not contain those annoying little sperm guys who try to bake, make and bake a baby. That's the only thing that's going to be different. Like you will not, you cannot tell any other difference. So here we get to the, the picture that I posted on Instagram. So I posted this before and after. So this is like a before picture of come before an operation and then come after several weeks after the operation so several jizzes into it because um according to the doctor you either need to allow six months to pass to make sure that the operation was completely successful and that you have no leftover sperm and they will you know you have to give another sperm sample so they can check this out at the lab or you can masturbate. I don't remember the exact amount. Like, I will have to look this up. But I think it was like 100 times. It's like, uh, either you come 100 times, or you not, not come. I need to rephrase. I'm sorry, I'm the sexologist here. I need to be careful with my wording. You need to ejaculate, so not come, but ejaculate 100 times, or wait six months, and then get it checked out. So. That's the thing, people. I have photographic evidence that actually it does not change 
at all. And now I've been getting all these um, comments and and posts from um, messages I meant from from these guys, and they're like, I was so surprised. So it doesn't change, and I'm like, why aren't you telling other guys this that it doesn't actually change anything? It's a ten minute operation, and at least here in Iceland, it's free. It's free for guys. I kid you not. And they're like, oh my god, it's 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 not a big deal. It takes you ten minutes, and then you wake up. Like they put you to sleep, but it's a short anesthesia, and then they wake you up, and you get toast, and you get juice, and they suggest you take it slow for a couple of days. You might be a little bit swollen, a little bit sore for a couple of days, but that is it. Okay, so no more being all you know, putting the hormones on us 24-7 each day in and out if we don't want to take those hormones. You're not going to be like, well, this is something you have to do for this relationship. Then we may as well reply, well, you know, intercourse is not something that I have to do for this relationship. So we're at an impasse here. We're, we're at a standstill. Like, what do you want to do about it? So here's the thing. We need to take these myths and completely break them and shatter them and let there be light like we need to bring the truth to light and I'm always fascinated with all these ideas that we have about what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman what it means to be a sexual being and yada 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 and I think the power of photographs and sex ed like I'm I always use photographs. I don't really believe in drawings and the graphic thingies, the graphic design thingies. I just want photographs because I think it makes it more real and it makes you connect to it a bit more because your body is so abstract. Like we can't see what's going on inside of our body. And even like when I show kids in sex ed, I show them um, sperm. It's actually in the palm of somebody's hand. I'm not gonna say who because I always promise anonymity in all my photo shoots but it's it's sperm in somebody's hand and they're always like freaking out so they'd rather have this huge drawn like like a cartoony sperm kind of thing instead of like a full load of jizz in somebody's palm they're like whoa oh geez we didn't want to see that oh ooh, you know which is so interesting because i'm like okay half of the students in here have seen this already like what's the big thing here but i fe- i feel like we need to keep it real like we can't have this cartoon and then they don't know what to expect. Like, this is sex ed. We, we're preparing you guys. We're giving you information on what you can expect. And we need to deliver. So I think, you know, it's 2019 now, by the way. You know, Happy New Year. I've already said that. But it's 2019. And I think we owe teenagers and kids better. I think we owe them better information, more accurate information, more information, more details. And I think I think they really need it. And I think they really long for it. Like, I would have liked to have seen what semen was like before my first um, encounter with it. I don't think even I remember my first... Oh, yeah, I remember my first encounter. I think if you go back, I'm going to ask the ladies at Trema Club in this. When I get there, I'm going to be like, okay, ladies, remember the first time you touched a penis? Like, remember the first time you touched it when it was hard? And do you remember the first time you touched it when it was soft? Do you remember the first time you took... Um, the balls in the scrotum and pushed it into the body and then pushed it back out. Do you remember the first time you made the little lips, the little P-lips? I don't have a correct anatomical name right now because my just brain is mush. But um, do you remember all those times like when you played with a penis? Do you remember having fun with a penis? Because that's actually a really crucial 
question. That should I should maybe probably do like a separate episode on that. Having fun with the penis because the penis, oh, besides being loaded with um, sperm, which I know it's not loaded. You know, it's not like it's the sperm is dripping out of it because it's just like oh, I'm waiting, I'm bursting at the seams. That's not what it is. But it's just it like uh, the penis is a really really loaded concept for a lot of people. And I th- yeah, I think I think I should do that separately. But anywho, so. On Instagram, you can find this photo. You can see the before and after. So the before is on the left and the after is on the right. I don't know if that is, you know, it says it's, you know, if if that's like, uh, of course it would be that way. Like, are you a crazy person? But that's at least how I did it. And it says so in the text as well. Um, And just feel free to, and I'll probably upload it with this episode as well. Yeah, I'll do that. Of course I'll do that. And I want to work more with this and I want to work with more with these photos and I have more photos to show and to work with and always feel free to use my stuff. I don't charge for it. I, I probably should, but you know, I don't because I believe in the power of change and I think that um, it can have a huge beneficial effect on this planet if um, sex ed becomes proper and everywhere and affordable and amazing and my belief is that that is through photographs so that's my standpoint at least and so I'm preparing for the Seymour Club and I guess I'll show these ladies these photos and we'll we'll talk about our first encounter with sperm but but just uh, semen just before I close this episode so my first encounter I was like what the hell was that and I didn't know that you were supposed to stop like after it jizzed out I thought that just meant that you should like like go harder and faster so I was like almost pulling it off the poor dude and he's like he's like stop stop no let it go and I'm like and had this been in the era of frozen I, I most definitely would have been like let it go let it go but it wasn't um, this is way, way pre-frozen. So he was like, oh my God, you're supposed to stop when I jizzed. Don't you know anything? And he totally shamed me for not knowing instead of like, shame on you for not giving me proper information and for not warning me and for not asking me if I'd ever seen it and knew what it was about and how it worked and all that stuff. And I just remember being like, ew, it's really sticky on my hands. Like I really need to wash my hands. And then I remember the first time I had it in the sh- I got it in, on my hands in, in a shower, like in a wet situation. And um, I was like, damn, I can't even wash this off with proper water. Like, I need to soak this off. What is that? And, you know, it floats. It floats in water. I, I mean, obviously, semen is so interesting. And you can work with it a huge amount into, like, comedy or just having fun with it with your partner. If your partner produces said fluid... But getting it in the eye, yeah, that's that's that can sting a little bit. So I'd always remind, I I would always um, re, 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 what what what? Like, can't I say anything? I would advise. Thank you. I'll just I'll just get a new word. I would advise the person on the receiving end of the jizz load to wear some goggles, cause it stings like a motherfucker. This concludes this week's episode of Sex in Iceland. You can find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and on S-I-G-G-A-D-O-G-G dot com. That's sickaduck.com. See you guys later.